we turn to the scripture to gain God's guidance in our lives. And as we share together this morning, it is a very short passage, but it's an important one for us to hear. It has to do with Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica and encourage them in their path of leadership in terms of faith. Um, as he writes to them, he opens his heart um, and lets a little bit of himself come out uh, to the point that you see just how he felt about and how passionate he was in connecting his faith with work, putting his faith to work for Christ's sake. The passage is from the third chapter of Second Thessalonians, the seventh and eighth verses. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you, and we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day so that we might not burden any of you. Across the years, some preachers have made me uneasy with the frequency and intensity of their petitions to give. They just didn't seem like Jesus to me. Have you ever been affected by that? You might have been watching on TV or been in a certain congregation in which there was such a call for us to be focused on our giving that you wanted to respond, but there was something that did not connect with the very nature of who Jesus was. I think that part of the issue is that unlike Jesus Sometimes the ones that shout the loudest seem to be the ones that profit the mostest. All of this makes it difficult for me to speak because I bring such baggage along with my entering into this topic and it makes it difficult for you to hear because you bring such baggage along as we get into this topic together. But I want you to bear with me because this is an important topic that the church should get right. And it is not just about our giving. But it is about living in right relationship to God. And it is about everything when it comes to our resources. Over the next three weeks, Jonathan and I are going to be addressing a theme that considers John Wesley's preaching in particular... But here, this is a passage about the Apostle Paul. And I first want to tell you that he had a good work ethic. 
he had a good work ethic. And as anyone usually with a good work ethic, he encourages those around him to also participate in a good work ethic. I remember my father, particularly when I was growing up, didn't have to say too much to me about getting busy with things around the house. All he had to do was to look, and I understand what needs to be done. Only the slightest suggestion that the lawn was getting a little too high gave me the idea that I was to get out there with the lawnmower and cut the grass. Did y'all grow up in households like that? There is this good that is done in our sharing responsibility in family or in community. And that's what Paul is doing. Paul is saying to the people there at Thessalonica, this early church, he is saying, listen, I didn't come here begging from you. I came here working day and night in order to set things right. I'm not here to profiteer. I'm not here so much to for you to support me, even though they were supporting him. In fact, they were supporting him very graciously in his travels as an evangelist and to all of the areas that he was reaching out to share the gospel of Christ. But he was sharing with them that he was participating and working so that he put bread on his table. They weren't doing that for him. He encouraged others that he saw as being more idle. That their idleness was taking advantage of the community in which they were involved. It creates this burden on others within the community. I knew a Mennonite pastor down in Miller County. David Ebersole is his name. And he and I were in conversation years ago, and I asked him, I said, how did you become a preacher? Now, I asked him this because he was really more of a farmer than anything. There in Miller County, he farmed just like everybody else did. And yet he pastored this small congregation of Mennonites that were there. And he took great interest in my question. And he said, Bill, he said, he said, I don't know exactly what your calling was like. He said, I'll be interested to hear. But let me share with you my calling in Christ to do the work of preaching to this community. He said, when I was a young man, the community that I lived in was up in Pennsylvania. This group of Mennonites there. And he said, we determined to ourselves that we needed to send a missionary congregation out and bless South Georgia with our presence. And he said that we were sitting around in a room and somebody went out to the barn and got some straw and came back in. And they broke the straw so that All of it was even except one strand. 
and then held that out for each person in the room to take a straw. And guess what I got? He said, I got the short straw. And I said, and that was your calling? He said, and a good one too. He said, didn't it work? I said, it did work. When I saw him, I was always amazed at the presence of the Lord in his life. Everywhere he went, whatever he did, it was an offering of himself up to God. I would see him out on his tractor, and there was just this sense of the presence of God with him. I learned later, because of having been with him on Sundays, that he didn't dress up. In fact, often he would be seen in his overalls on Sundays. Usually he had on some jeans, but, but when he went to church on Sundays, he would do one thing to dress himself up. He would button the top button of his shirt right here. When you saw him like this, you knew that he was either headed to church or coming from church. He was the most precious soul because why? He, he, had, he had figured out what God was expecting of him. He knew that it wasn't just his preaching that was important to the community. But the way in which he lived his entire life to support the community. To love God in the way in which he lived. People do this disconnect, you know. It's easier to be... Christian on Sunday than it is during the other days of the week, right? I want to remind you that your witness in what you do during the week is absolutely, crucially connected with who you are as a person of, the, of Christ and that brings me around to say that it is important what you give. It is important to the church what you give. But as you hear me talk about giving, I hope you will understand that it is important to you what you give. Not so much to the church what you give. The church is going to make it some way or the other. They've done it for 50 years here, right? Pittman Park isn't going to die because people are not attuned to its need. God is going to provide for us. But what is crucial is how are our lives attuned to the work that God seeks to do through this community of believers. John Wesley, this founder of Methodism, preached a sermon, I'm sure hundreds of times, that he entitled, The Use of Money. And in that sermon, he made it very simple. He said, gain all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Now, I want you all to remember this, and you're going to hear it over the next three weeks, but say it with me, okay? And let's change that word gain to earn. Wesley used the word gain, but we've used the word earn. Earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. 
It's crucial how you earn money. It's crucial that you earn money. It's not easy to put groceries on the table if you don't earn some money, is it? John Wesley said the first part of following and being a part of the community of believers is earning all you can. But you shouldn't earn in ways that are not in good connection with God. Have you ever been around somebody who is a true workaholic? You may be saying, I'm a true workaholic. Not me, but you. I hope you're not saying that I am. Although I wish to work and to be used in good ways, I hope that my life has balance to it. But do you know what I'm talking about when I say to you that that life can get very much out of balance to the point where you are robbed of life as it was meant to be. When work takes over to the point where it robs you of all sense of peace, when it robs your family of all sense of you, you know that things are not moving in the way that God would have them move. John Wesley knew this ages ago. And he said, it's not enough just to earn all you can. He said, you've got to do it in the right way. And remember that if you're robbing yourself and others of life, that's not the way God would have it be. You see, this is the great tragedy of of poverty and economic systems that are out of order. Where it's impossible to, to earn living wages at certain levels of society. There's some people that will say that the United States is headed that direction right now. As the rich seem to get richer and as the poor seem to get poorer. Poverty does its violence because why it just makes people poor? No, it makes them unable to not be robbed of the life that God had intended. For individuals and families. I'll tell you something else that John Wesley said. He said, earn all you can, but don't do damage to anybody else in your earning. He said, if, you're, if you are earning money in a way that tramples down other people. You need to right the injustice because God would not have it that way. One of the things that we can hardly imagine is the way in which people used to work and the expectations that came through the modernization of society and all the industry that developed, especially in the 19th century. You know, one of the things that the Methodist Church stood for, they, they stood for for children who were being sent out by parents who were desperate just to put food on the table, sent out by parents to work in the factories. And the Methodist church became known for standing against such horrific means of just getting by as a society. 
John Wesley said, there are lots of things that do damage to people. Just because you can earn money doing something doesn't mean that it is God's intention for you to make money in that way. You ask yourself the question, is what I do helping or hurting the work that God wishes to do in the world? John Wesley also says, though, be creative in your earning. And this is probably the hardest thing for us. I know that there are some entrepreneurs among us that just seem to have it in their, their blood, their DNA, to think creatively. John Wesley said, don't just do the same dull things that your forefathers have done. Learn to act creatively. He was always doing this. But his call to us is to think. Use the mind that God has given you to do things that are new. Did any of you have the foresight to see the personal computer coming on the scene? Now, some of you have been born too soon to even know what this all means. I, I remember doing some math uh, back in 1981. I decided that we needed a, we needed a, a car badly, and we did. And we bought a little Honda Civic at the time, and it was a favorite little car of mine, I remember. And it was about 10 years after that, I was, I was paying attention to the news and reading something about a fellow named Bill Gates. You ever heard of Bill Gates? Who had been busy at the same time thinking in a little different way than I had been thinking in 1981. And came up with this grand idea, this creative idea of, of putting computers more in the hands of people. Now, that can be used for good or bad. But what it occurred to me in about 1991 had happened was that I hadn't even seen that coming. That wasn't even a blip on my radar screen. If I had taken the little bit of money that I put into that car, I would have been a multi-multi-millionaire if I had had even the slightest notion. Now, that thought is not necessarily of God itself, but the idea of being creative is not to the harm of other people, but God gave you a mind to be creative in the ways in which you might gather resources. I know that you have heard this statement probably before, but it's one that John Wesley made regularly. His focus was always on doing good. Let's read this together. John Wesley's words. Do all you can. Do all the good you can. 
by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Isn't that a great quote? (laughs) All you can. That's what John Wesley was focusing on. And that's the focus of this scripture. The Apostle Paul was saying, have you done everything that you can for the Lord? Are you using all that God gave you? Have you considered that even in the way in which you earn money? Sue and I went over to Bristol, England, where our oldest daughter was in school just about three years ago. And in visiting there, we did some of the tourist things. Particularly, I was interested in Bristol, England, because it was an important early Methodist site. John Wesley began his preaching outdoors there. He would he was not invited to go into many a pulpit because he he pushed people the wrong way. And so he began preaching outdoors. And when he did that, people would gather to hear the spectacle of his of his preaching. But he also would preach occasionally in the marketplace and on the corner of a city. And there was one location that we went to that was called the Corn Exchange that was important in his day. It was like the Wall Street of Bristol. In fact, they were very, very fastidious about keeping the time exactly the same in London and Bristol because of the connection of the market in these two cities. At the Corn Exchange, there were these large buildings and this marketplace still today, which is more of a tourist attraction than anything. But out in the marketplace, there were these bronze pedestals that were about waist high that were solid metal and we asked what these were and were told that these were placed there when the corn exchange was in its infancy and it was on top of these pedestals these nails as they were called where the business deals were sealed back in the day of John Wesley. Isn't that interesting? They would lay money on the top of it. They would write out their name as a signature, as a promise for the contract that had been signed. All of this bartering that was going on in the streets and right there on top of of these pedestals. As I was looking it over, I was fascinated that around the top edge of the pedestal, it was inscribed with a word of Scripture. And this is what was read there. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget 
all his benefits. Fascinating. I almost wondered to myself if the one who gifted these pedestals to the marketplace might have heard John Wesley preach. Do you think about the church when it comes to the marketplace? Do you think about the way in which you earn money? It makes a huge difference in the work of Christ. As we have the opportunity to give an offering to God, let me remind you that this is a part of our life, that all is connected, that as we earn, we do save, and we're given the opportunity to give. I'm going to ask those that are assisting with offering today to give you that opportunity right now, and to bring the baskets forward. As they come, think about not only what you're giving but also what you're earning and what God is asking you to give of all that you have. This is our gift of ourselves to God.